Hi, I'm Jessie, your host of the Jessie Williams podcast. I'm a personal trainer and women's online health coach, bringing you all things health, wellness, money, mindset, and just life in general. If you want to learn, laugh, and up-level your life, this is a podcast for you. Each episode, we'll talk habits, tips, tricks, and big ideas to nourish your mind and inspire you to create your dream life by design. Let's dive in. Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm feeling absolutely amazing today. I'm so excited to be sitting down and recording, but I'm doing something a little bit different today for the very first time. I'm actually doing a podcast while live on Instagram. So if people have questions or if I'm pausing or anything like that, it may just be checking if people have questions and they want to ask away or anything like that. But today's podcast episode is all going to be about the law of attraction, the power of thought and how our thoughts can create our reality, both in the sense of manifesting, but also in the sense of just being able to change our behaviors and things like that and how thought is so powerful both on, I guess, a quantum or a woo-woo perspective, if that's what you want to call it, but also on more of a sciencey level and how our brain works and things like that as well. I'm not going to go into the you know, the science behind things. And I think that for a really long time, the law of attraction and things like this had such a woo-woo connotation to it. And I think now, finally, due to more modern sciences like quantum physics and things like that, it is becoming a lot more mainstream, which is absolutely amazing. But as I said today, I'm really not going to go into the science behind it or how it works. I'm going to go more into why it works and why you should use it and how it's going to benefit you and things like that. And I think if if you can come into this episode being really, really open-minded, then you're going to see some pretty fucking powerful shifts happen in your life. And if you can be open-minded enough to actually practice and implement some of these things that I'm going to speak about today, then you're going to be welcoming a lot of fucking magic into your life. If you find yourself having resistance, and as I said, coming with that kind of negative stigma of things being woo-woo as a way to dismiss something, then all I can say is you're really missing out on a little bit of magic. But I I think that if you're here and if you're listening to this episode, then you're someone who is open-minded and you are interested and it is something that, you know, you really want to get a deeper insight in. So if that's the case, then you are in the right place and you are listening to the right episode. So Let's kind of crack into the law of attraction and what it is. So the law of attraction is actually law four of the 12 universal laws. And the law of attraction states that our thoughts or what we think about can actually manifest into our physical reality. So it's basically the idea that we attract what we are focusing on. And that's where the whole saying comes, like attracts like and things like that. It's this idea that positive thoughts will attract positive things into your life and negative thoughts will attract negative things into your life. As I said, this can come down to on a really, really both a macro and a micro level. If we go into the science and, you know, energy and atoms and quantum physics and things like that, it makes a whole lot of sense. But as I said, that's another podcast for another day today. I'm just going to be telling you about how to utilize it. 
As I said, I am also live on Instagram. So I'll quickly say hello to everyone who is jumping on. If you have a question about the law of attraction, energy, thoughts, anything like that, feel free to ask away. I'll do my best to monitor the questions and see if anything comes up. But coming into it, understanding why does the law of attraction matter or why does our thoughts or having the power of our thoughts or being really intentional about where we're putting our focus on, why does it matter? It matters because our thoughts create feelings. And we know this because if we have some kind of thoughts, then we can have negative feelings attached to that. And then if we have other thoughts, we can have positive feelings. Uh, feelings attached to that. So we know this because based on what we're thinking, then our body creates different feelings to match that. And it might be feelings of happiness, joy, abundance, gratitude. You might have feelings of grief, anxiety, overwhelm, envy, all of that kind of stuff. So why it matters, because if our thoughts create feelings, the other thing we want to be mindful of is that our feelings emit frequencies. So absolutely every single fucking emotion has a different frequency, which it will emit. So by feeling different feelings, we are literally changing the frequency that we are emitting. So the reason this then becomes important is because frequencies actually attract similar frequencies or the frequency we put out attracts things that are of a similar vibration. And again, this explains the law of attraction, like attracts like. So putting that into, I guess, a simple simple formula, it's the thoughts we think create different feelings and the feelings we have emit frequencies and the frequencies we are emitting attract things of another similar vibrational frequency. So This then explains how the thoughts we have can then attract things into our life based on the energy that we are in. But it also has another impact and this impact is less based on energy and more based on the mind. And this is the idea that the brain looks to make reality fit its beliefs or narratives. And this is so fucking interesting because a lot of people actually think the opposite They think that their mind or their emotions or their moods or their belief systems are formed as a result of the physical world. When in reality, it's it's not the case. The case is that our brain fits our reality to match our beliefs. And this happens in a few ways. As I said, one being the energy of attracting similar thoughts, feelings, experiences, opportunities, people, whatever into our life on an energetic level. But it also happens on more of a brain level and our brain is so powerful, so much more powerful than we give it credit for. And I use this uh, analogy that I heard yesterday um, on my Instagram story and I was speaking about this analogy I heard of looking almost at our brain like an iPhone. If you have a iPhone, which is amazing, it's an incredible resource. It has so many functions. It's the camera is incredible. You can airdrop stuff to other people like the, the tools are endless. You know, you can't deny that it's got so many amazing capabilities. But if you were to put the iPhone in the hands of, you know, a 92 year old woman who's never used an iPhone before and she's only ever used a Nokia 
She's going to be frustrated, annoyed, you know, agitated. She's going to think the iPhone's stupid because she doesn't understand how to use it. She doesn't even see benefit in half of the, you know, functions. And she just wants to go back to using her Nokia. But if you were to put the iPhone in the hands of, you know, a 20 to 30 year old and say, hey, here's an, here's an iPhone, you can have it. They're going to be pretty damn excited because they understand the functions. They know how to utilize it. They know the benefits and um, all because they have the knowledge. They have the knowledge about how to use the tools and looking at your brain like that iPhone in the sense of, you know, there's nothing actually wrong with you. You are not broken. Um, Everything that's happening is happening exactly how your brain is designed to have it. And our brains are not self-destructive. And that's why I'm a little bit iffy around the word, you know, self-sabotage, because we're never self-sabotaging, we're self-surviving. We don't self-sabotage for no reason other than to feel pain. We self-sabotage because our brain on some level thinks that that action is going to keep us safe. So I think it's just really, you know, a really good analogy of understanding that your brain is like the iPhone and it's going to have a lot of amazing tools and resources. But if you don't know what those functions are, if you're that 92 year old woman that's only ever used a Nokia, well, then you're going to be irritable and frustrated because you don't know why things are happening. But if you can come from a place of learning more about the brain and understanding on a deeper level, then you're that savvy 20 to 30 year old holding the iPhone. You know about the brain, you know how it works, you know how to emotionally regulate or use different functions. And so all of a sudden you're not looking at your mind or your body or your brain as these broken um, tools that are just acting impulsively and you actually start realizing that everything's coming down to patterning. So with that being said, something that I think a lot of people don't have much education on is how powerful our brain actually is in situations when it comes to creating our reality. And something that the brain is really, really good at is, as I said, the brain makes Uh, reality fit its narratives, not the other way around. We don't actually have thoughts and feelings based on our reality. We create a reality based on our thoughts and feelings. So one of the ways the brain does this is it literally has the power to delete. Yes, I fucking said delete, delete and distort information based on whether or not it aligns with the narratives it has. So I'm going to use the example of someone having a limiting belief of I'm not loved. If somebody has a deep embedded limiting belief of I'm not loved, then that is the narrative that they are running, whether that's on a conscious or a subconscious level. And if they have a belief or a narrative running that says I'm not loved, then the brain is literally designed to make reality fit that belief. And again, if we go back to the start, this can happen on an energetic level, but also happens on, you know, a physical brain level as well in that the brain deletes and distorts information to fit reality. So what I mean by that is that if somebody is running this narrative of I'm not loved and say they are in a relationship and they always have this unconscious belief of not being loved and their partner says, I love you multiple times in a day, their brain has the ability to, and it won't happen every time, but it can happen a lot of the time. Your brain has the ability to literally fucking delete that information. So it doesn't even remember hearing the words, I love you. 
So let's put this in in perspective of yourself. If you run a belief of I'm not loved and you're in a relationship and your partner says the words, I love you, your brain literally deletes the memory of hearing the words, I love you, which is fucking wild. So now you are so, 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 so sure that your partner didn't say it, although this is why it actually happened. And this is why there's this saying, there's one person's side, another person's side, and then the truth is because there is no real tangible truth. There's only perception and every single person is filtering the world through their level of understanding based on you know, their past beliefs and experiences and things like that. So if you have this belief of not being loved and when people tell you they love you, your brain can literally delete and distort that information. And then when people, for example, do things that are unloving to you, then your brain's like, yep, cool. There's more evidence of somebody not loving me. There's more evidence of somebody rejecting me or saying no or not wanting to go on a second date or breaking up with me or X, Y, Z. And your brain's going to remember that and amplify it because it fits within your narrative of belief. So then any opportunity you have in your life of somebody being non-loving, you're remembering and any opportunity of someone being loving, you are deleting or distorting, you know, that memory so that you can keep maintaining this belief and running this system and this pattern and this narrative. And here's the real fucking kicker is that we know that we can literally, as I said, change our reality based on our beliefs because it fits. But then what's happening is we're building more evidence for that belief and we're not building evidence against the belief. So in this situation, if we run the narrative of I'm not loved and somebody tells us they love us and and we delete that information and then somebody is unloving and we remember that information, we are building more evidence of not being loved. And if we build more evidence of not being loved, then we amplify the story we tell ourselves of I'm not loved, I'm not lovable, no one will ever love me. And then this comes back to the first point of the energy of the law of attraction of like attracts like. And so we attract more similar experiences because we're having more feelings of not being loved and those feelings are emitting a frequency and so we attract more back in. So this is keeping us stuck in a fucking loop of thought, feeling, attracting the belief, building the evidence, and then it going all over again in another cycle. Thought, feeling, attract the experience, build the evidence, again, have the thought. And it's just a cycle that repeats itself until we decide to manually step in and break this patterning. So one of the ways in which we can break that patterning is just simply becoming aware of the narratives that we have, aware of our limiting beliefs. And this is why limiting belief work is so fucking important is because you can't change what you're not aware of, right? So until you become aware that you're running this pattern, you're running this belief system of not being loved, This is going to keep ruling your life and showing up again and again and again in every relationship, romantic or platonic, it doesn't matter. It's going to keep showing up until you can break that patterning. So this is where affirmations become really, really powerful and affirmations do not get nearly enough credit. I think especially because they've been trending very, very recently. Um, I actually sent out an email to my email list yesterday about affirmations, but they're trending so much right now that they're almost becoming so mainstream that 
they're losing their power and their history and the why of why we use them. But the power of affirmation is that by focusing on what we do want instead of what we don't want, we have the ability to create new thoughts. And if we create new thoughts that actually align with how we want to think or how we want to feel, then we're going to start having new feelings. And if we start having new feelings, which are more positive and empowering and in alignment with how um, you know we want to feel, then we start emitting different frequencies. And if we emit those different frequencies, we start attracting new situations, which align with how we want to feel. And then all of a sudden we have evidence of a new belief system. And then this is where the brain comes in and the brain begins building more evidence of this new belief. So this is just one tool that we use is affirmations, but there are so many other things you can do. You can do somatic stuff and embodiment practices and things like that. But One of the most important things to realize is that if you don't do the inner work and if you don't do limiting belief work, you're going to keep having these patterns and belief systems ruling you and keeping you stuck in these loops and you can't break the loops until you become aware of the patterns. And so you can have a series of different limiting beliefs. Some of the most common ones I see are, I'm not loved. I'm not worthy, I am alone, I'm not important, I'm not enough. These are all really, really common ones. And if you keep running these belief systems, which you've probably learned somewhere, usually in childhood, if you keep allowing yourself to run these old narratives, then that's going to show up again and again and again in your life in different ways and in different people wearing different hats, right? Sorry, same person, but wearing a different hat. So you're going to keep getting the same experiences show up time and time and time again. And this is why going in and working out what your limiting beliefs are actually gives you the power to begin making change. Because as I said at the very start, you can't change what you're not aware of. So the final way in which your brain, so obviously your brain can delete and distort information based on your belief systems to make your reality fit with your beliefs. But the other thing that you have is you actually have this thing called a reticular activating system. And this is a part of the brain um, that often gets shortened to your RAS. The job of the RAS or the reticular activating system is to act as the gatekeeper of your brain it kind of filters through information and thinks about what's important. So it kind of your brain, if you were consciously aware of every single thought you were having at every second, your brain would probably explode because we are having so many hundreds and thousands of thoughts come through our mind every minute. So basically what the RAS does is acts as the gatekeeper and it filters through these thoughts of that's not important. This is important. That's not important. Don't worry about that. Yep. This thing's important. So it goes through and it decides what information is important and what isn't. And an example I like to use, and I, and I said this to a client this morning is, you know, if you're sitting there and watching this, you're not thinking about stuff probably in your peripheral vision, or you're not thinking about how your bum feels on the seat right now. Um, you know, there are so many things that your body's still aware of, but you're not consciously aware of it because basically the Raz is like, Hey, how my bum feels sitting on this chair isn't of high importance and isn't, you know, important for my survival. So I will put that to the side, but this bear fucking chasing me is very, very urgent, important and threatens my safety. And so that's going to be my conscious awareness. So 
what happens is the RAS basically begins filtering through information and this influences the way we see the world. And knowing that the RAS is also filtering through information that's in alignment with its belief system. So this means that your world actually begins being viewed through the lens of your beliefs. So until you change your belief system, you're going to keep viewing the world through that narrative. If you believe you are alone, you are going to keep looking at the world through the lens of being alone. If you think that you are not enough, you are going to keep looking and experiencing the world and your reality through the lens of not enoughness. So knowing that your brain is literally going to filter through this information and what the RAS decides is important is whatever it is frequently focusing on. So again, this is why affirmations can be so fucking powerful because if you can consciously pull something into your awareness and really focus on it, that sends a signal to the brain that, hey, this thing is urgent and it's important because what we are consciously thinking about is often the very important information, the immediate information, the stuff that... um, you know, impacts our survival. So if you use affirmations and you start saying things like, I accept myself, I am in control, I am productive, I am joyful, I am grateful, X, Y, Z, then you are beginning to send a signal to the brain that this is important to me. And we know that we filter the world through our beliefs. So if you keep saying this positive thing is really important to me, then your brain is going to begin scanning the world through the lens of this important thing. So if we start running the belief of I am enough, then you are starting to look for more evidence of your enoughness, which is really fucking beautiful when you think about it. And if you can start scanning the world for more things of your enoughness, then you'll literally attract them in. You will literally attract these things into your life and experience them. And rather than delete the evidence, you'll actually take it on board and feel into it and accept it because it aligns with your current beliefs or your current reality. So this means then that you're beginning to build new evidence of a more positive belief, which is really, really powerful. Um, I've just got a someone say something on Instagram. Did you consciously recreate yourself, i.e. change negative belief systems so you are in the right place to help others? I'm curious as I'm doing this myself. Um, yeah, absolutely. I have definitely consciously recreated myself. I haven't, you know, every single person, every single person, it doesn't matter how positive someone seems, how, you know, like how much it seems like they have their shit together. We all run, you know, belief systems and we all have negative beliefs um, or limiting beliefs and that's unavoidable. And some of the ones that showed up for me in my life was I'm not safe. And another one that uh, showed up for me was I'm not enough. And so, Often I would scan for evidence of not enoughness. And if I, for example, I'll use the example of myself. If if I don't believe I'm enough, then why would I show up on my Instagram story? Why would I record a podcast episode? Why would I do anything? Why would I put myself out there? Why would I try to be a coach? Because I'm not enough. I'm not good enough to do that. And that's the whole imposter syndrome thing. So then what would happen is I wouldn't record the podcast episode. I wouldn't go on fucking Instagram live because I'm not enough and no one cares what I have to say. And so I wouldn't put myself out there. And if I didn't put myself out there, 
then I wouldn't attract clients. I wouldn't be, you know, helping change people's lives. I wouldn't be getting testimonials. I wouldn't be earning money. I wouldn't do anything. And so that would continue validating the not enoughness because I would be feeling so out of alignment with my purpose. But because I worked on that belief and I've worked on that enoughness piece and I know how fucking enough I am through affirmations and inner work and inner child healing and shadow work and all of those things, then I now run the belief that I am enough and I am worthy and I am important and I do matter. So you bet I'm going to record a podcast episode and you bet I'm going to show up on Instagram fucking live because someone out there cares what I have to say. And that's the belief that I choose to run. So absolutely, I have recreated myself over time. And even when you heal one belief, another one is likely to come up. So it's just about, you know, always checking and always reflecting and being aware of this and then choosing to focus your thoughts on what you do want, not on what you don't want. So I think this is really, really powerful. So I hope this episode has given you a little bit of understanding of, you know, how the power of our thoughts matter and it makes you become a little bit more conscious of one, doing that inner work and realizing and uncovering what your limiting beliefs actually are. Because again, you can't change what you're not aware of. So become aware of your limiting beliefs. And the the hard thing about limiting beliefs is they often feel true. They don't just feel like beliefs that you're deciding to feel. They feel like your truth. They feel like your version of reality. And so Sometimes doing limiting belief work is hard, but think about what feels like my truth. What feels like my reality? Do you genuinely feel like the most uninteresting friend? Do you genuinely feel like a shy and timid person? Do you genuinely feel like you're bad at math? Like what are the stories that you run that you think you're good at or you think you're not good at? You know, what are really the black and white tangible things that you align yourself with and the stories you run? Becoming really, really aware of those stories that you're telling yourself and then realizing it's just that, it's just a story. You're not actually unlovable. You're not actually uninteresting. You're not actually less deserving. You're not actually less capable. There is nothing, literally fucking nothing, stopping you from being like anything or anyone that you admire other than the belief systems that you're running and you can choose to consciously change and run new systems. So this is when you, when you realize this, it means that again, coming back to the start, you are that 20 to 30 year old savvy person with an iPhone and utilizing, looking like your brain is just that iPhone. You now have the tools, you have the awareness, you know how to fucking airdrop, you know how to use Bluetooth, you know how to use the camera, you know how to FaceTime someone. When you start learning and doing inner work and self-discovery work, All you're really doing is becoming more aware of yourself, more aware of your patterning. And the the more aware you become, the more control you have. And this means that rather than living your life feeling controlled by your external environment, you become the fucking creator. You become the person who is in charge of how you think, feel, act, the situations. And this is so bittersweet because with that means that you have to take radical responsibility for what you're attracting into your life, both on an energetic and a physical level. So 
with that means that if you have to take responsibility for everything, then it also means that your ego takes a massive hit for wanting to or, or having to take responsibility for for the bad stuff. But the beauty when you take responsibility and you own your shit and you own all of the bad stuff and the icky stuff that you've been attracting in. On the flip side to that is means that you have a ridiculous amount of power. It means that you have the power to change the story rewrite the script and begin calling in new, more aligned and abundant opportunities. So as I said, make sure you do the inner work, make sure that you start learning more about yourself, learning about your patterning, learning about the belief systems that you run, then become aware that those systems, they're they're just beliefs. And just like you formed those ones, you can form new ones. Start focusing your energy and attention on what you do want, not what you don't want, because we know that like attracts like. Your body doesn't know or like the quantum field doesn't know the difference between want and don't want. All it does is pick up on the frequency. So if you, for example, say, I don't want to be single, right? Your The, the quantum field doesn't heal, heal or feel into, oh, she doesn't want to be single or, or she does want to be single. All it picks up on the frequency of single, 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 single. So even though you're saying, I don't want to be single, you're going to keep attracting being single and not finding love and not having a relationship because that's the frequency. So focus your energy on what you do want, not on what you don't want. And you can do this through things like um, affirmations. You can do it through journaling. You can do it through um, meditating. There are so many different tools in which you can utilize this, listen to it, write it, say it doesn't fucking matter, but just bring your energy and attention into the new reality you wish to create. The second thing is making sure that you're actually doing subconscious belief work because if you keep saying I love myself 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 through writing it down on paper but on a deep subconscious level you don't love yourself and you don't feel worthy of love you're you're not going to make any change because we don't actually manifest from I mean we do on some regard but not on a great level like we can manifest um, consciously short term but long-term, our unconscious underlying beliefs always win out. So making sure that you're actually going into the fucking root and ripping it out, ripping out those limiting beliefs from the subconscious mind so that you've got kind of like a clear channel for manifesting what you want um, and just become really, really mindful of your thoughts and become aware and start learning more about the brain and how it's either working for you or against you or whatever else. And it means that you become really, really powerful in creating and manifesting your own life. It means that you become powerful in behavior change because you've brought things to your awareness and you know what needs to be changed and you know how to change it. So again, as I said, I hope this was helpful. I'm going to be jumping back on my Instagram live now and just seeing if there's any questions and stuff like that. But thank you guys for tuning in and fingers crossed my next episode um, coming up will be the second uh, episode of the business series. I'll be going into more of the strategy of business because episode one was more about the energetics of it. But other than that, I hope you'll have a lovely day, night, whenever you are listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.